CentralPunk.com. And this is Couch Potato Mike. How are you doing today, sir? Wonderful. Um, you will notice if you're watching the video, uh, we are inside for once, which is weird. Yes, and if you've ever seen my channel, you'll realize we are in Pop Central, aka the book club. Correct. Uh, let me let me open a window and don't open the window. It's raining. Um, you know what? Go to YouTube and just log in on yourself. We'll just we'll look at the live stream from you. Who from me? Yeah, from you. Oh, okay, I can do that. Let's uh, see. Still getting a little set up here. Um, it should use another account. You know what? I'll use this one that way. I don't have to do. A, I have two YouTube accounts. And this way I don't have to... Uh, oh, my keyboard's all the way over there. S-U-R-V-I-V-A-L-P-U-N-K. Uh, survival -P Punk with the Punk Attitude. Yes, DIY to survive. DIY to survive. Uh, here, I'll, yeah. here, I'll throw you a subscribe for my extra channel here. Oh, there we go. I subscribe to you from all my channels too, so... Uh, here, let me turn the audio up, the speaker off there. All right, so we're live. I see us. Yes. So open the open the live chat. That's what I'm. Oh, that's on the side. I see it. I see it. Right, right here. Yeah. Yeah. There's the live chat. So, what's our topic for today, Captain Mike? Jobs for the recession. Jobs for the top skills, top jobs for the top recession. Top jobs for a recession, yes. Right, um, we just banged the hell out of the camera there, apparently. Yeah, it's, um... Yeah, the so the podcast will not be named Top Jobs for the Recession. The podcast will be named, like, Top Skills and Jobs for the Recession, something like that. Because um, the, the majority of the episode is going to be on the top yeah. skills. Uh, there will be some jobs listed, but mostly it's going to be the top um, skills. Uh, you know, I did, did some research, uh, and I got a couple of... I got... Really, so, a skill can be a job. Right. I mean, honestly, you can take your skill and turn it into a job. Um, there's side hustles. There's a lot of things you can do with skills. Um, the side hustling is a skill in itself. So, I started watching these. You haven't noticed me and Mike started doing a lot of YouTube shorts. YouTube shorts are where the traffic and the growth is at right now. Yes, so definitely go to my YouTube channel. It's uh, youtube.com slash couchpotatomike to check out all my awesome new shorts. Right. So me and Mike are making the uh, the effort on the road to 1,000, which <coughs> and it, it sounds funny. So, like, you know, there's a lot of, like, 200,000 million subscriber people on YouTube. We're trying to get to 1,000. Yes. Um, we're trying to get to a thousand for a long time now. We're going to get to a thousand. We're going to get to a thousand soon. Yes, I even went live for four hours yesterday on my drive to a thousand. Yeah. Four subscribers. <laughs> four freaking subscribers. One an hour. Right. So I mean, what was your what was your growth before that? Were you getting four subscribers uh, a day? Eh, sometimes I'd go a week without getting any subscribers, then all of a sudden I'd get a two or three subscriber bump in a day. But I've been, uh, get, I've gotten about, well, according to my analytics, uh, 16 subscribers in the last, uh, 14, 20, 14 days. What is that percentage-wise? Like, mine says I've, because I, I didn't use the channel for, like, four years, mine says it's like a 21,000% increase in viewers, or 2,100. 
Oh because I got subscribers. Like I went from not having a single subscriber for years to getting some. So the ALX are like, whoa. Well, ever since I started uh, the book, ever since I started the Couch Potato Book Club, uh, my subscribers have been growing on a steady rate. Just that steady rate is not as high as I want it to be. Right. I would rather be getting a hundred subscribers a day as opposed to one. Yeah. Just yeah. saying. We'll get there. Um, we're kind of on a type crunch, so we're going to stop bullshitting so much. Um, I had some more preambles to talk about. Like, I put out a YouTube short, and uh, it was a funny one. It had my daughter in it, and someone was like, the long comment. But Oh, my short, God. A male yeah. Karen went after his ass for using his daughter as a prop. Right. Uh, and they said that I get the Bad Father of the Year award, so it's funny. Um, you get the Whiny Bitch of the Year award, good sir. I almost, I almost, so I'm not, because I'm not pushing it, I'm not telling people about it, but I almost, just for that troll, w went and used that troll's name as a discount code for the Survival Club <laughs> Army membership. Yes. I was going to be like, discount code, <coughs> cheesy brain, troll 103, uh, gets you 50% off your, your Survival Punk Army membership. I'm not, because I didn't put out a podcast for two years, I'm not going to, um... We're not going to take people right now, but that's a good thing. Uh, so what's the show topic? We talked about it. Let's get into it. Yes, jobs and side hustles for the recession. Using those skills that you have that you didn't think you could make money out of, but maybe you can. So the numbers came out officially according to like the tried and true methods. We're in a recession now. Um, if you don't know, two quarters of negative growth in the GDP, you're in a recession. The new quarter numbers came out, we're in a recession. It was like 0.9% growth. That's that's not a positive growth, that's a negative growth. Wait, 0.9% growth is negative? Zero, yeah. It's not a positive number, right? Yeah, that's a positive number. If it was negative 0.09%, that would be a negative number. But it's not a whole number. No, it's not a whole number, but it's still on the positive side of things. We're podcasting. What do you need, Logan? Go find your mother! Anyway. Life happens, guys. So, two quarters, negative growth. We're in a recession. Uh, until the White House put out something saying that they've changed the definition. We're no longer in a, we're no longer in a recession because... They changed the definition of what a recession is. Oh, that's horseshit. They literally changed the definition of what a recession is just so we wouldn't be in a recession? Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. So, um, we're in a recession. Whether they like it or not, yeah. they put us there. So, and it's going to get worse. What can you do? Positive vibes, guys. Oh, God, I hate the fucking word vibes. I hate the word vibes. Why do you hate the word vibes? Um, because nine times out of ten, if, you, if you're a person that used the word vibes, you're probably a dumb fuck. Sorry if I alienated half my viewers. You could be, you could be one, of the, one of the ten out of nine people. Um, but that, that was like, that was one of the things they said in that comment. Like, yeah, don't mass. You are one <laughs> out of the ten people that are not. Great. Yeah, All so... Right. Let's jump right back on topic, though. We're in a recession. Do? What are good jobs and skills to have in a recession? Um, if you're in the medical field, of any kind of medical field, you should probably still be okay. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, because people don't stop dying, getting injured, and having medical problems during a recession. Oh, and the death field. That is also a great job security-laden profession to be in. Anything having to do with cremation, funerals, driving the freaking hearse, anything in the death industry, you'll always have work. Because people are dying to see you. <laughs> I thought that's where you're going anyway. Um, so that, so if you're if you're in the medical industry, you're probably going to be better off. Not gravy, but better off. Oh, yeah. Um, like, Mike is in the medical industry. I'm not going into specifics, but... Right, yeah. I left it very vague. Yeah. Uh, your, your job probably isn't going away. No. No, 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 no. I do have job security in as much as I can at this point. Uh, there, so I'm not going to say it's not a blank <coughs> covering. Um, I'm not going to say you're going to come out unscathed. Right. And I'm not going to say there are not parts of the medical industry that won't be affected. Oh, yeah. No. Because um, there's a lot of shortages going on. I, so I've been listening to a lot of reports. And that's and hit us, too, believe it or not. I was I was going to say, like, have you, have you noticed? And I, and I know you have to be super vague. I know yes. you very vague, um, but have you noticed problems? We have. We've noticed problems in order having to wait sometimes weeks and or months to get uh, certain things in that uh, we need to uh, fulfill uh, our end of the bargain. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I had a feeling uh, if I asked you that you would not be. Uh, and different. So it's not everything. And it's not all areas. Uh, I would say here in Tennessee, we probably are better off than some places. Some reports I've heard like are very bad off. Uh -huh. um, Tennessee tends to, for one, we have slightly better governance than some areas. A lot of these, and I, I don't want to like, I don't want to like south. A lot of these Democrat-run cities and states are not faring so well. Um, Tennessee tends to be better off. Um, but we're not we're not perfect. We're not perfect, but we're tend to do pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, medical field, you're probably okay. Let's move on to the next one, and that is the grocery side of things. Oh yeah. Um. People need people need medicine. People need to fucking eat. Like absolutely. So, there's a funny story. Like when people are getting survival, it's like. Uh, they, they tend to focus on the flashy fun stuff, right? So, like, guns, bulletproof armor, like, well, ammunition. Who doesn't, like it? who doesn't like all that? How many times, Mike, you know me fairly well, mm -hmm. right? right? How many times have I been in a gunfight? I've never known you to be in a gunfight. Right. How many times have I eaten? Every day that I've ever known you. Yeah. And before. More or less. There was three days where I didn't eat. Okay, for well, an experiment. But fasting. We'll say ninety-nine point nine 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 percent. I've eaten. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, you just offended the Nazis. Someone just someone just did a clip of this video right now. John Punk is a Nazi. <laughs> we have proof. It'll get out of control. I know it. Um, if you're on the Fountain app, clip me. Clip me just for fun. Nine nine nine. Yeah. Uh, I, so the fountain app is, is fun. You can you can like 
give people Satoshis, which are like super fractions of a Bitcoin. Um, so I've done some clips on there in the podcast. When I came back from vacation, I went to go like see to make sure the podcast was in all places the podcast could be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, let me add it to this fountain app. And, and it was there, so I had to claim it. You know, on a, on a semi-related topic, I recently heard on the news uh, that uh, this one uh, Bitcoin-related restaurant, they were themed to Bitcoin. They've had to stop accepting Bitcoin. Why? As payment. I don't know. That's the only... The, the volatility I... is pretty high. Like, um, So Bitcoin was like a high of like 60000 um, I, I remember at one point, John McAfee from McAfee Antivirus Software said that if Bitcoin didn't hit like 150000 he would eat his dick. It did not hit 150000 Did he, he eat his dick? No, but he eat committed your dick, suicide. Oh. He, wait, what do you mean committed suicide? If, you, if you're listening, you'll see the air quotes. Um... John McAfee was arrested on international waters oh. and drugged to a prison and he he put out a statement was like I'm not committing suicide and then he committed suicide locked up in a like international prison okay then a lot like um uh who's that who's that pedo who had pedo island uh Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, that was about yeah. to say. He committed suicide too. Anyway, uh, grocery stores. Grocery stores are absolutely starting to cut hours across the country. There's absolutely starting to be shortages. There's absolutely like problems, uh, logistical supplies. Uh, but you know what? They still have like they're they're people are going to eat. People are going to eat. They're going to go to, to stores. They're going to buy stuff. And they have to have people to put that shit out. Oh, here's another. Uh, let's see. Uh, the fuel industry and the energy industry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they're increasing money. So, um, for, so. And to say it, the tech industry, too. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of. And, and we'll, so we're covering like the top jobs. I'm only going to talk about these two before I go into skills. Uh, but the the last thing on the list, definitely something you need to consider. Uh, you know what? I'm going to do that as a short. These three recession-proof skills are great. The last one's the best. That way, they have to watch to the end. You sound like a clickbait ad. And you know, you got to be clickbaity to make a hundred million dollars or some bullshit. Um, skills, skills you need for a recession. Number one, me and Mike are going to do this year, probably in a few months. Um, hey, August 1st is a free hunting day in Tennessee, and it's squirrel, it's squirrel season. We're going to kill a dolphin. So, hunting. Hunting is a skill that you need to have. Um, so, I don't want to compare this recession to 2008. They're a horse of a different color. It, if you... It would be closer to compare this to the Great Depression. I don't I don't want to be an alarmist here. I haven't seen anybody on Wall Street jumping out of the window. No, not yet. It's going to be rough. Um, but if you follow these tips, you too can become a not dead. 
um, hunting. So during the Great Depression, like, there was a lot of wild animal populations that took a big hit. Um, oh, I can imagine. You didn't see a lot of squirrels. The deer population took a hit. Um, you know what? Like, we got something going on this time the Great Depression couldn't hold a candle to. What's that? The feral hog problem. Oh, the feral hog problem. Yeah. Um, All the bacon you can shoot. Yeah. Um, so, that. Um, learning learning to hunt. Um, is a good time to look into it now. While there's... So, hunting season is coming. Um, you may... I expect the hunting stuff to sell better this year than it has before. And still not everyone knows. Like, I, you know, I've got kind of get my finger on the pulse of what's going on here. And I'm like, it's a recession. Um, and if you're watching the news, you, you believe that the new definition says that it's not a recession. So you think it's fine. You don't realize that even, so, and most of, most of, us, most of my viewership, most of us that I'm talking to, our only real experience is like 2008. And to be honest, like, it wasn't shit. Like, really, 2008 wasn't bad. Um, for, for me, personally, and for a lot of people I know, like, 2008 was not a bad time. So, you want your tea? No, I'm good. Um, so, our, our, like, frame of reference for this is nowhere near what it's going to be. Right. Um, and, and there's there's so many like different points. Like you can't just say it'll be exactly like the Great Depression. No. One, like the tech industry have revolutionized the way things are. Two, we've got a soft population. Like the parents, the, the snowflakes. The people that went into the Great Depression had more actual skills. These were hard people that had already been living a hard life before the Great Depression. Right. They didn't have all the modern conveniences we have. So they knew how to hunt, most of them. They had livestock. They they were better prepared for it that way. We have better we have some advantages they didn't have. So we're talking about people that if they wanted a chicken dinner, they went out to the backyard and killed one of their chickens. Right. So, learn how to hunt, like, the, so, we probably have more people today that do not know how to hunt versus people that knew how to hunt back then, even oh, yeah. with population inflation. Like, that ratio has completely shifted. It's flipped on its head. Right. But, we have YouTube. Right. Mike doing jazz hands in the replay. Uh, you know what? I, I've spent... I've spent a lot of time watching hunting videos, um, some other videos like that. We have the resources, we have the books, we have the knowledge, um, and there's, because there's probably a lot of people that will happily teach you what they know. Because of YouTube, I have learned how to cook many a dish, uh, install a toilet, and take out engine parts and put back in new ones. Right. So it's out there. People are awesome that they're putting videos on how to do damn near anything and everything on YouTube. And it's a great thing. That's something that our ancestors did not have. That's something our great grandparents could have benefited from. But they didn't have YouTube. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have fucking computers. No. One boss. Oh, you know, 
all this talk and everything. Uh, another great industry for you to be in. Now, this one is not as beneficial to society, or it's insanely beneficial to society, depending on how you look at it. The alcohol industry. People always want to drink to forget. They always want to drink to remember. They always want to drink through their sorrows. They want to drink to be happy. People just want to drink. I'm, I'm not endorsing the mass quantity consumption of alcohol. My buddy here is a recovering alcoholic who's been on the wagon for many years now. But most people aren't. I imbibe on a regular basis sometimes. Sometimes I'm not so regular basis. But people like the alcohol. So anything in the alcohol industry, that is a great job to have. Being able to distill your own whiskey or moonshine can be a really great skill to have yeah. and one that can make you a lot of that back market uh, cheddar. I, you know what? I didn't even have it on there. I, I went back and edited my notes of learning to brew. Uh-huh. That's a skill. Uh, brewing and distilling. Um, and we, we have like a master class three-part episode on like home brewing. I, I guarantee you should check that out. Um, so having some booze and learning to, to homebrew, great skills. Um, Definitely. There's a lot of trouble like, so we're having trouble getting cans. So... Uh, yeah. I have, you know, I have noticed certain canned goods are getting harder to find. Yeah, so just it's the cans themselves. Oh, it's the actual production of the said cans. Yeah, because we get a lot of our cans from China and oh. shipping delays and stuff, and China might be locked down again. Bat juice. So, if you learn how to brew your own beer, there you go. I mean, uh, for for barter, for trade, for personal consumption, if you do that, awesome. Um, and there is. You can, if you're like me, and you can, I occasionally drink non-alcoholic beer. People are, people are learning to do home non-alcoholic brews. So I may, I may dabble in that at some point. Not right now. Um, brewing costs a lot of money. It does. And I have a lot of skills. And I need to spend my money on hunting gear. Um, it's a hobbyist thing if I've ever seen one. The, so next, so hunting was supposed to go into butchery, but Mike brought up brewing, and I think that's genius. So butchering. Learning how to butcher your own meat. Oh, God, yeah. And so, and like I said... And there's plenty of YouTube videos about that. Um, you know what? I'm going to have a link to the Bearded Butcher Brothers. I love their content. Uh, breaded. No, Bearded. Bearded. <laughs> breaded Butcher Brothers. Perfect. Um, they put out some new content on butchering pretty much everything. Um, their video on butchering a deer is probably <coughs> so I'm still debating whether I want to pay to have a deer butchered or butcher to do myself it. yes I, I, I'm you know, positive I could do it and I think that would be a good video and a good experience now here's the thing about learning to butcher it yourself A. you're going to be saving quite a bit of money right off the top there Yeah. B. you're going to be learning a skill and that's what this is about is learning these skills right and it could be a very marketable skill like like not everyone is going to learn so and people obviously people pay to go to a butcher to have this done right so and that's very marketable skill to have that butcher has the skill and the expertise right so 
Just like I, with plumbers. Plumbers make boo-boo yeah. bucks, and you can learn how to do that on YouTube. I got a strong feeling that we're going to be butchering at least some this year. My wife loves your jerky. Oh, hell yeah. There's, I mean, make jerky. Uh, I made a batch of jerky yesterday. Uh-huh. Fucking food preservation's in here. Uh, let's, let's see. Let's move on to food preservation is the next one. We went, uh, my, my wife went to the store, the local like grocery store here. They have really good discount meat sales all the time. Oh yeah. She grabbed a bottom round roast for like two bucks. Mm -hmm. Bottom round makes some of the best jerky. Um, so I, I've had it in the freezer. I took it after the default. When it was still slightly frozen, I cut it into jerky strips because you, you can cut better when it's still slightly oh, frozen. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then, um, I, and I'll give you and your wife some today to try. Uh, I had a can of Flavor God hot wing seasoning. I just mixed it in there. So it's zero carb because the, the Flavor God is zero carb, zero like calorie really. Um, hot wing seasoning. I dehydrated it up. Um, we got like, I think final product, eight ounces, you know, from the dehydration product. We got eight ounces of jerky for like two bucks. Ooh. Like, where can you get eight ounces of jerky for two bucks? That's sugar free. Right. And you know, and there's, and this, this whole thing brings up another skill that I think is, um, I think is an under, it's an underrated skill. It's underappreciated. Uh, we're talking about the skill of butchering. Food preparation in general, how to take those cuts of meat, those really tough cuts of meat, and do something beautiful with it, or anything like that, how to take it from freaking surviving to living, basically. Right. Food preparation will never go unappreciated, because you would much rather eat something that tastes good than something that tastes like shit, but is going to keep you alive when you can do sometimes very little to make that change, to make that transformation. Right, right. Um, making, yeah, making something taste good. Like, I didn't have that on the list either, but um, learning what you need to do to make the possibly somewhat sketchy food taste good. Like, well, I'm not talking about talking about off food, but like, not everyone has a good taste for game meat. Right. There's a lot of things you can do to make that taste good. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, perfect examples of uh, gamey meats would be uh, freaking, like, you got lamb, you got quail, you got duck. Deer can be gamey. Damey? Yeah, damey. Deer, yeah. No, all those can be gamey. And if you know, I mean, and sometimes it just takes the right mix of herbs and spices to make this stuff go from ordinary to extraordinary. Right, and if you want yours to go to extraordinary, get the Couch Potato Mike Season Blend. That's what your deer meat needs. The Couch Potato Mike Season Blend. Yes. Uh -huh. I'll get on that. <laughs> Thanks for throwing me under the fucking bus. <laughs> Man, I bet if you had a, I bet if you had a legit <coughs> seasoning blend, you you would have just made sales. Oh my god. This is around punk seasoning blend. It's what you need. <laughs> um. Oh, holy hell. Back to food preservation. Yes. Dehydrating, a big one. Um, there's a lot of stuff you can dehydrate with. Uh, canning. Canning, you need to learn. I'm going to... There's a lot of... So, what was that guy's name that did the 299 Days book series? Glenn Tate. And I'm trying to get him back on the podcast. If you talk to Glenn Tate, I've emailed him twice. Uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep... I want him back on the podcast. Uh, talk Absolutely. to Glenn. Absolutely, absolutely, because he taught himself all about uh, food preservation. Yeah, 
Um, so highly recommend that. I've been talking that, and I have a short video, cattle beef prices are going to drop. Uh, they're, they're mass selling off the cattle in like Texas because they can't they're afford out. to feed them. They can't afford to feed them. They're, they're making like no money. Like they're getting like bottom dollar for their cattle uh, or they're shipping them off to other states. Well, both. They're doing both. They're, they're getting like, so there's an influx of beef. Expect the price to just bottom out. You need to buy it because it's going to, it's going to be hard to find afterwards. Yeah. And if you get a side of beef, you know how many cuts of meat you can actually get off that? I mean, your own custom steaks. Think about that. Yeah. Uh, or if you're not into steaks, all the hamburger you could fucking eat. Right. So learn to jerky it. Learn to build tongue. It. Learn to can it. Uh, there's a lot of preservation methods. Put up your beef because it ain't going to be around for a while. Like, just not. And that's why you need hunting to, to supplement it. Absolutely. Um, so next up, and I, I this is this is a skill that a skill and a job slash industry that I think is going to make a big comeback that has really been obsolete in the last couple of years. Shade tree mechanics? Repairman. I was close. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, a mechanic is a repairman. The repairman, the handyman. Like, making things keep working when you're not getting in parts. So, just the, the guy or yourself, because a lot of this stuff, and I'll talk about it, you can't do everything yourself. You, like no. you can be a jack of all trades, but there's only so many things you can really kind of be good at. Um, finding so I, I really see the industry of like repairman and you repairing stuff yourself. Like the dad, like you try to repair it yourself, and then you're like, okay, I can't. I need a specific person. But yeah. just in you know other words, you need to DIY to survive. Right. Michael talked about this. Cuba kept those cars going. I was just thinking for like about Cuba. 50 years. I think every mechanic needs to. Now that the borders are open and everything, every mechanic going needs to spend some time with some Cuban mechanics. It's like an internship there. Hell yes! I mean, these guys had machine uh, machine shops making the parts and stuff. They knew how to rig stuff. These guys kept cars from the fifties running until like still they're right. still going, right. and they're they're everyday cars. Yeah, like. I would say a good portion of our lifetime, the tendency was to just throw it away. You just throw shit away and you buy new stuff because it was so cheap. But now that inflation is here and everything's getting kind of expensive and the shit It's still not stopping people from throwing shit away. I found, okay, where we live, we don't have trash pickup. We don't have garbage trucks that come by to the end of our driveway and pick up our trash. We have to put our trash in our car and take it to a damn dump. And at said dump, they have places where you could throw away, like, metal and appliances and furniture. Somebody threw out an entirely intact, perfectly fucking good, in perfect fucking condition drum set yesterday. Which I regret bringing home to my son. Yeah. My wife still has the headache. Yeah. But it was in perfect condition. I mean, this, I mean... It wasn't the fanciest of schmancy drum sets, but I'm serious. We could probably fucking get on there and sell it for a hundred or two hundred dollars on eBay. But my son would kill me if we did that. He loves the damn thing. He's wanting me to buy him drumsticks. That's the only thing we couldn't find. Oh yeah, yeah. Complete with symbols. So yeah, I, I really see repairing stuff 
is going to go up just because like availability and price like a lot of people that were hand like that that industry is going to come back oh yeah because no one no one repaired stuff they're going to uh, no i mean it used to be people if something broke they would fix it they wouldn't just run out and buy a new one and that's what the, the world is today you run out and buy a new one but then again uh, a lot of the factories a lot of the big companies and industries they have like a predetermined fail point built into their products to make it to the point where you can't just, where you have to pretty much just run out and buy a new one. Do you know what that's called? That's a term. Oh yeah, I can't remember the name of the term. Planned obsolescence. Yeah, planned obsolescence. Thank you. Yeah, uh, they plan for it to fail, so you have to buy a new one. So some things are going to be harder to repair, but not like... You ever, you ever heard that old saying, they don't make them like they used to? They literally don't. Um, but someone's going to start rigging stuff and it's going to keep going. Oh, yeah. Uh, even a- if people start like, man, I don't hold me to it. I'm not going to make a bet on it. But if you start seeing people with old, old TVs, don't be surprised. Like what the old tube televisions? Yeah, they're just easier to work on. They really are. I mean, they, they, they work, so uh, don't be surprised. Don't don't say James said they're going to make a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. Uh, but don't be surprised either. Uh, going right to the next thing, uh-huh. which pivots off of this. Pivot! Supply chains are happening. Like, supply chain issues are happening. People are having hard stuff getting it in. Um, Giggity. Machinists and 3D printer. Like, that's going to be a skill that's going to take off. Oh, my God. I want a 3D printer. I've wanted a 3D printer for years. Right. And the longer I wait, the cheaper they end up getting. Right. Um, so, I was talking to a guy at work. He does he does refrigerant stuff, right? Mm-hmm. He showed me an email. Like, I was just talking about getting stuff in, and he was like, he was trying to get a bracket for some part, right? Right. And he emailed the company, and the guy responded back. He's like, as far as I know, this might be the last one in the world. In the world. Right. Um, but, I mean, it wasn't like complex, like, pieces of equipment. It was a triangular fucking bracket. Like, someone that was someone that was even an incompetent machinist could knock this out in, like, 30 seconds. Oh, my um, God. So, so, what I'm saying, and I, I, I want to do a short or a, a whole podcast on it. I really see like globalization is broken it, it, we may go back to globalization at some point but I really see globalization breaking and going to like localization so you got your buddy down the street that went to the machinist school had a job got laid off and now when you need stuff instead of like finding a company and ordering it you go to like Mike the machinist and you're like, here's this broken part. Can you make it? Yeah, you can. Like, like in the old days, you every every like village had a blacksmith. Oh yeah. Which might may or may not come come back. We'll call we'll we'll lump it under the like engineering 3D printerist because um, there's a lot of stuff with 3D printing. You could just mock up prototype it, and knock it out super quick. Right. Um, so that that's a t- like that's one of those things. It's like we have advantages over. With the Great Depression, um, we have 3D printers. Like, like you could have someone rapidly 
manufacture something on a small scale. Perfect example, I uh, watched a video, uh, I mean, this wasn't a home model 3D printer, by the way. I mean, this was an industrial model 3D printer. But the guy that was interviewing these people uh, took in a large uh, fucking, uh, what do you call it? Is it a crescent wrench, the kind that where you has yeah. the torn? Okay. He took in a large crescent wrench, okay? And he took it to the and he took it to these people, and asked because uh, they asked him to bring in something he wanted to three D print it. So he took them a fucking crescent wrench, okay, intact crescent wrench. They put it, they scanned it with this giant three D printer, and printed out a working duplicate of it in titanium. They printed a working machine, I mean yeah. a working tool with the twisty part and everything, literally. All the parts already assembled came out of the damn Right, right. How awesome is that? Um, so I, I see that like I was reading a story one time. I'll do. I'll cut this real quick because we got a lot to cover in a little bit of time. There was a guy that was like the CEO of a of a three D printing company, right? Uh -huh. Like that that printed stuff, not the guy that like manufactured. I don't believe. Okay. Um, he was like scrolling on Reddit and some kid was like, Hey, help me out. My brother just got back from Iraq, I Afghanistan, somewhere somewhere in the sandbox, right? Just got back. He's missing his arm. I'm trying to raise money to get him a new arm. So this guy was like scrolling through, he saw that and he was like, Ah, oh, fuck it, that kid don't need to raise money. He went and hit print on, like, basically a cyborg fucking 3D arm. Like, he 3D printed this guy like a working arm. And, like, so out of, like, pushing the button and printing it from, like, supplies, like, really wasn't a lot of money. He's like, yeah, I could just, I mean, obviously you spend some money, but right. it wasn't a big deal. Like, he just, he just grabbed the file and hit print, basically. Um... The world we live in. Right. So, there's definitely opportunities. Um, gardening. Oh, thank you for coming back. That's a point I wanted to make uh, make much earlier, but we got off got off of the uh, food shit. Yeah, no, definitely the gardening. Uh, you're going to need to supplement your food. Like, you're just going to have to. Like, yeah. At one point, everyone had gardens. Now, it might be making a comeback, but there's a lot of people that don't have a garden, and or they're not particularly good at it. And here's the thing, there are videos on YouTube, and I know I sound like a broken record there, where you can start a garden out of food waste. Right. There's a lot of things you can do. Um, we'll bump that into livestock. Producing your own food. Um, and there's a lot of ways you can do it cheap and or free. And not, ju and not just the vegetables and the fruits themselves, right. the herbs and those spices that we were talking about earlier to make your meat even tastier. The Capsule Mike seasoning blend. I'll get right on that. Right. Um, that we'll talk about that like the last, the next thought maybe. Um, we could yeah. do a whole, we could do a whole episode just on food. Yeah, we, and we will again. Uh, producing your own food, livestock, gardening. Uh, so, like we said, you you can't animal you husbandry can't do everything, but maybe you grow bomb ass tomatoes and you trade with the guy that raises pigs to get right. a little bit. Or you're the pig person and you trade like. You, there's a lot of people, homesteaders, that do have like a garden and some amount of 
livestock. Um, so and maybe you, know, you trade chicken eggs for steaks or something, but like there's and you, and you know something, you, you know something. Uh, I can give you a pretty good if you're like okay. Say we had to rebuild civilization from the ground up. Okay, say this shit hit the fan, and we're having to start over. For all you gamers out there, you already have the basic knowledge you need to survive. You might not have the skills, but you know which skills you have to you have to have. I've got two words for you that is actually one word in the gaming world. Minecraft. Literally, that game teaches you, you need food, you need shelter, you need protection, you need clothes, you need weapons. It teaches you how to, it basically is like, you need to grow these plants. You need to uh, animal husbandry these animals. You need to kill this to get this. You need to build, sh- I mean, yeah, no, it doesn't, I mean, it's an unrealistic approach to how to do it, but it shows you what you need. It's surprisingly realistic in some ways, except that everything's made out of fucking meter-tall blocks. Right. Um, which kind of goes into our next thing. Start a business. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity to start a business, either brick and mortar or an online business. Online. Grow your, like, there's no... As long as there's an internet, online is one of those, a really good way to go. You're going to reach a much broader spectrum right. of customers. I want us and you, the viewers and the listeners, to end this recession better off than you started. Hell yeah. Not struggle through the whole recession, depression, bullshit, and like, be like, oh, thank God that's over. I want you to be like, man, I made a lot of money during that recession. Right. Don't let the government tell you that we're fucked. Fight back. Yeah, the gov. okay. There has been a lot of high-level mistakes that has led to this shit. Don't be a victim of it. Don't sit there and be in a delicate little snowflake. Don't be the wounded duck begging somebody else to fit your fucking broken wing. Right. When this Build the splint. Do it yourself. When this recession is over, I will have been a full-time podcaster. It's going to happen. Mike will be a full-time YouTuber. Going to happen. Going to happen. Or I'll drive this whole planet into the sun. But before he does, make sure you buy the Couch Potato Mike Spice Blend. Right. Mike's going to have a spice blend. Uh, and I will have products too. So uh, start, start a business. Uh, be adaptable. We have an entire podcast on being adaptable. But, you know, like... Learning to roll with the punches. Right. So, like, Mike adapted his YouTube channel. A lot. <laughs> He, you know, he put a lot of stuff out. Uh, he did some research. He saw what was trending, and he's trying to capitalize on that. Not selling out, but you know, like it's in his wheelhouse. Like he's doing jokes now. Mike tells jokes. Mike has told jokes as long as I've known him. People that have known me forever and are now seeing me put out these weird little bad joke videos, they're basically saying one thing to me: "What the fuck took you so long?" Yeah. So Mike's YouTube channel never had a content problem. Mike had a marketing problem. He's working on it. I, I really am. I'm like, trying, guys. There's there's no reason for Mike not to be a million-plus channel. I'd love to be. There's not. I'm a uh, funny guy. 
I'm a lovable fat man. Mike, Mike just needs to work on his marketing and keep upgrading his equipment and not be afraid to spend a little bit of money when he needs to spend a little bit of money to grow his channel. And he's done that. Computer, mic setup. Um, expect him to break a million by 2023. Yes. Yes. Um, and I'm going to grow the podcast. There's no reason why... You know what? Be the last one is grow your community. <coughs> I, I, I took time off. Uh, I took time off and I, and I put out a podcast kind of explaining why. Not making excuses. Fucked up. I, I you know, there's a lot of reasons why I didn't. They're not excuses. It's just the it's just the nature of the beast. Um, I'm back, you know, and I've gotten a lot of lot of like comments and emails from people that are like I'm glad that you and Catch Potato Mike are back doing the podcast. Like, I, I didn't think you'd come back. Like, um, my buddy Gary Collins sent, sent an email and was like, dude, I'm so glad you're back. Uh, author David Kirshner sent me an email. He's like, man, it's good to see you back. Um, you know, comments from subscribers that are like, yeah, I figured you're gone. Like, there's a lot of turnover in the survival industry. There's a lot of people that start blogs, podcasts, and whatnot, and then leave. So, it's good it's good to see that come back. Good that people were like, ah, it's good to see Mike back on the podcast because Mike was... It's good to be back. Absent from a couple podcasts. Yes, tell your wife we know. We're about to wrap it up. It's going fantastic. So, build your community. That's... Build, like, if you implement all of these things, you'll ride this recession better than 90% of people. You build your community. You have that guy down the street that's a machinist. You have that dude that's your friend that's a 3D printer guy. Um, you have a person that's a pig guy. Like, you build your community and you work together to make it through this. You buy Capture from Mike Seasoning Blend. I tell you what, and I'll give you the special, I'll give you the special one-time offer. If you help me create Couch Potato Mike Seasoning Blend, you'll get 25% of the profits. That would be me. I'll take those profits. <laughs> um, dude, I, I've read a lot of books and like seen a lot of things on like building business. I'm sure there's a super turnkey way. Like, you you contact a company and you're like, I want this, 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 and this in my seasoning blend. This is my this is my wrapper with the nutritional facts. Boom. Set up a website. I don't Boom. need no company to do that. I can do this. Hold my beer. Yeah. Hey, y'all, watch this. Uh, the hell I can't. And on that bombshell, I guess it is time for us to wrap this up. This is James Survival. This is James Sickwin Burnett. And for and for the Survival Punk Podcast, I am Couch Potato Mike. DIY survive, you guys. YouTube.com slash Couch Potato Mike. Oh yeah, how do I end this?